Happy Father's Day. It's great to have you guys here right now at all of our campuses. I'm going to ask all the fathers in the rooms to stand up real quick. We want to honor you. Come on, Dad, stand to your feet. Let's give all of these great men a round of applause for all that they do. Happy Father's Day to each and every one of you. Thank you guys so much. You may be seated. You are still supposed to pay for lunch. I'm sorry about that. That's how... That's how it actually works. And so we're so glad you guys are here again. Thanks again for being here. We want to celebrate fathers everywhere. And those who are watching online, thanks for being with us. All of our campuses, hello, as well as those watching God Behind Bars. Let's give them a hand as well. Thanks for being with us. Grateful for you. I had a chance to go over and see my dad a couple nights ago and just hang out with him a little bit before Father's Day as well. And it's always good to have him here. And normally he's at the next service, but uh, I love having him in the house as well. And so it's an honor to still have him with me. Not everyone has their, their father still with them, and I understand that. So we do want to stop and pray for you as well, for those of you who this is a tough day. And so before we get started, I want to take a moment to do that. I want to pray for those who maybe today is not the easiest day because you had a great dad and you no longer have them with you. Or maybe today is tough because you didn't have that dad, and it's a tough day for you as well. So let's stop and pray right now, because I know sometimes we just need a little extra grace to get through a day like this. So, Lord, I pray for those, God, who maybe today is a challenge, Lord, those who are having a strange relationship with their fathers. Maybe uh, their father's already gone before them, Lord, and, and uh, maybe their, their father's already in heaven. God, it's just a tough day when you can't hug the neck of the one you love. God, I pray for your grace today to carry them. Lord, I thank you, God, that you're with us, and I thank you that you are an amazing Heavenly Father. And Lord, I thank you, God, for even those today who maybe did not have that dad. God, I thank you, Lord, that you have a way of putting a compensation in us, meaning that, Lord, you have a way of making us great fathers when we didn't have a great father. Lord, you're just, you just, you give us an extra grace right when we need it. And I thank you for that, God, and I thank you for those, Lord. May they know that your word says you are a father to the fatherless, Lord. Thank you for that, God. I pray your blessings over them today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, thanks for being here today. We're glad you guys are with us. Let's give a hand again to all these dads. We'd like to start with our mission statement. So what are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. So we're all about here at Church Unlimited. Again, thank you for being a part of our services. I'm excited today about today's message. Today's message is called How to Be a Father in the Fight. And the reason I say in the fight is because there is a fight that we're in, and the fight is to instill our faith in our kids. And so that can be a challenge. And if you're like me, sometimes you think, do they hear anything I say? You ever, you ever felt that way? Like, are they getting anything? But I promise you they are. You don't realize it, but they really are. Have you ever had that experience where someone comes home, drops your kid off, maybe your kid was over at someone else's house, and they're like, your child is just so well-behaved and respectful. And you're like, I'm sorry, Mike, which kid are you talking about? You had to clarify, you're like, you're talking about my kid, right? You ever had that experience? Because they're better at someone else's home than your home. Did you know that? That's how that works. And so it's kind of funny how that works. But the truth is, is that I promise you, they are getting more of your values than you realize. And so, but how do you, how do you be a father that's in the fight, making sure that they still get those values? Because kids can sometimes drive you crazy, even though you love them. And so how do you make sure you're really instilling that in them? There was a little boy named Hayden. He was about three years old. His mom and dad had put him to bed. They were trying to have a little time with themselves, and, and uh, Hayden began to cry uncontrollably, and they ran in real quick, and dad ran in and said, Hayden, are you okay? He says, Daddy, I was playing with a penny, and I swallowed it, and I know, I know, I know, I know I'm going to die. And the dad says, no, sweetie, you're not going to die. Do you feel it anywhere in you? Like, he's just checking to make sure, you know. He's like, do you feel something? No. And he goes, okay. So he thought, it probably went all the way down then, so it's probably okay. So 
He said, oh, you got to stop crying. You're not going to die. You're going to be fine. He'd be like, no, the penny, get the penny out. And so he wouldn't stop crying. And he realized, I'm not going to be able to get this penny out. So he pulled the penny from his pocket, didn't let Hayden see it, reached behind Hayden's ear and pretended to pull it out of his ear. He says, here, I got the penny out. There you go. Okay. And he was like, oh. Thank you, Daddy. That's amazing. So, okay, don't, don't do that again. Puts it in his pocket, in his hand, and then runs out of the room. And all of a sudden, Hayden says, Daddy, Daddy, look. And he turns around, and Hayden takes a penny and swallows it and says, do it again. <laughs> Kids can challenge you, can't they? What do you do when you want to instill the values in your kids? How do you do that? How do you, how do you be a father in the fight to make sure they get what you believe, and they really, you, you, you want to pass your faith on to your kids. How do you do that? I want to give you five simple things to do today that I believe can help you just frankly be a better father, but also really be a father in the fight. The reason I say in the fight is because you're not going to always get it right. All these principles I'm going to lay out today, some of these you're going to be like, I'm better at this one and worse at that one. That's normal. All of us are going to be good at one and maybe not so good at another. But I'm going to give you five simple things today you can do to instill your values in your kids. The first is this, number one, affirm your children's value by embracing their uniqueness. Every kid is different. Isn't it funny how that works, that you can have the same kids in the same house, same mom and dad, same upbringing, living on the same street, and yet they are totally different. And so it's just, it's amazing how that works. I remember the day that, that Mason came to me and said, Dad, I'm not Cole. And Cole said, Dad, I'm not Mason. Because I just kind of grouped them in my mind together. They, they, they grew up in the same room their whole lives together. And so we, we had, you know, always had like the boys and Sophie. But the boys is actually two different people. And so several times he had to tell me, Dad, you, you got to quit treating us like we're the same. We're not. We're, we're different people. And it really helped me to recognize that because sometimes we do that. But we don't even mean to do it. And so I want to encourage you, affirm every kid is unique. Every kid is different. 1 Corinthians 12 says this, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them, it's the same God that works. It's the same God's at work, but it's going to come out in a different way in each child. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from him. But in the way he should go doesn't mean it's always the same direction. So yes, we want them to go in the general direction of God, but that general direction has many paths. And so I just want to encourage you that it may not look the way you want it to look, but it says in 1 Corinthians 13 that love doesn't demand its own way. I, I need to tell you something that, that is hard for us to, to swallow, Dad, but this is really important. The goal really isn't to make another mini you. The goal is to let them be who God called them to be. And it's hard to do that, but I love what Max Lucado said. He said, you know, children really aren't a blank slate to be written on. They're a book to be read. And so every child is unique. God's put a unique imprint on each one. And so their, their preferences, what they desire, what they want to do with their life, the direction they want to go, how they respond to different situations, it's all going to be different per child. And it's probably going to be different in the way you would do it as well. So I just want to encourage you, it's okay. One time I was talking to Mason and I said, Mason, man, you know, do, do you ever regret, you know, some of the things you did when you kind of wandered off from God for a season? And he said, no, I don't. And I was like, what? I, I mean, don't you regret that? He said, I don't, Dad, because that was the way I came to God. He goes, Dad, the way I came to God is different than the way you came to God, but it's my story. And it really helped me embrace that to realize he has his own God story. Your child's going to have their own God story. How God gets a hold of them, where God gets a hold of them, what God says to them is going to be different than what God says to you. And so it's okay for them to be unique. Another thing, number two, support your kids by giving them your time and affection. This is a big one. You know, how do you spell love? T-I-M-E. It's when you give your time to your kids that makes a big difference. And I know parents, sometimes we tend to say, well, I'm going to give them 
quality time and not quantity time. I really think that's an excuse because the truth is we can't just turn it into quality time in, in a moment. So you just have to give them lots of time. And in the middle of that time, it'll be interrupted with some quality time. And so you just have to understand that those moments, you can't just create those all the time. Sometimes they just happen. So you just got to be around a lot. So when they happen, you're there. So I just want to encourage you to give them your time. Matthew 10 says this, God pays even greater attention to you down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on your head. That number's a lot smaller for me than you, but that's okay. <laughs> God pays attention to the details of our lives. And so, which I'm like, Lord, if you're really paying attention, could you add a little here and a little... The point is this, is that God gives us attention and he's running the universe. So I think we can give our kids attention too. I know we get busy with work. I know we get busy with all kinds of things we're doing. But make sure you're not so busy that you don't give your child time. So it's, it's a really big deal. In fact, scripture says in Deuteronomy 10, it says, The Lord sets his affection on your ancestors and loves them, and he chose you. And so he sets his affection on us. And so this is really important. And I want to say this, and I understand that in today's day and age, people get nervous when you say affection. Like, oh, no, you can't give affection to kids nowadays. You know, there's, you can be accused of all kinds of craziness. Well, obviously, you don't want to give inappropriate affection. But I want to warn you of something. It's more dangerous not to give your children affection than to give them affection. Did you catch that? So there are appropriate ways. I understand that. When, I, when I'm with my boys, I give them big hugs. You know, I pull them close all the time, and, and they just know. And I tell them, I'm your dad. I don't care how old you are. I'm always going to give you a big hug. And that's just what we do. And they know that, that when, when they leave, I'm going to give them a hug. When I leave, I mean, we, that's just how we roll. We do that. And I tell them I love them, and I'm a big sap with my kids, and even with my daughter. And listen, men, if you're nervous about your daughter, just ask your wife. Just say, what's an appropriate way to show affection? But make sure you show affection. Listen, I want my daughter to feel the affection of her father so she doesn't seek it out in other places. And so we need to make sure that we do that. And so even when she's rolling her eyes and I'm hugging her, she's like this, you know, and she's like, Dad. I still know that when I do that, she may be rolling her eyes, but if I didn't do it, she would be complaining that I didn't do it. In other words, even when she acts like she doesn't want that, they do. They, they want to know that their fathers love them. And so it's a big deal. So make sure you show affection in an appropriate way, obviously. That's a big deal. But we need to be willing to do it. Give them your time and give them your affection. It really is a game changer. This last week, we had a chance to do something really cool. There was a young man in one of our communities, a young teenager in one of our communities that was brutally murdered last year in a Walmart of all places. It was just crazy. And uh, can you imagine if you're a mom and you take your son to Walmart and then you don't bring him home? I just, I can't get my mind around what that must have been like. But it was really cool that we were able to do something on behalf of the family and to leave a legacy. And so please check this out. 17-year-old Gabe Cooley. His life was cut short in August of last year. The Cal Allen High School student was fatally stabbed inside the Five Points Walmart. Tonight, a moment, just a moment of joy out of this horrific tragedy. A new sports complex at a local church now named in his honor. One.
There's a lot of individuals that made that happen, a lot of companies, and so I want to encourage you, if you're ever by the Rodfield campus, drive by and go to the back area, and there's a really nice sports complex. We're still working on a few things, going to get it all finished, but it looks amazing, and that was really great. I was talking to Amy, Gabe's mother, and she comes to church here, and what's really impressive about her and her daughter both is that they, instead of shaking their fist at God and getting angry, they have pulled close to God. What a beautiful example it is to all of us in the midst of a tragedy. But you know, on this Father's Day, dads want to say, give your kids time and affection. Because I promise you, if Amy Cooley was up here with me now, she'd say, I wish I could. I just wish I had one more day. I promise you that. So the number one reason to give your kids time and affection is because you still can. That's reason enough. The fact that you still have life and they do too means you still have time. And you say, but pastor, you don't understand. I, I've been you know, estranged in my relationship with my children for a long time. It's not too late to fix that. It's not too late. But don't put it off. I want to encourage you. Give them time. Give them affection. And even if they seem to push against it, even if they don't trust it yet, maybe there's some things that were done or not done that's causing them not to trust it. Give it time. Stay faithful with it. And I believe God will give you a breakthrough. And so ask God. God is a God of breakthroughs, and he can give you a breakthrough with your children. It's really worth the time. It really is. Here's a big one, too. Number three, develop them by delegating responsibility. And so the way that you develop anybody in any way is by giving them responsibilities. It says in Luke chapter 16, whoever can be trusted with a little can also be trusted with a lot. And if you cannot be trusted with, thing, with things that belong to someone else, who will give you things of your own? Wow, it's a good word, isn't it? So let me, you know, I'll give you a little bit of time and I'll give you this or that, some privileges, but how do you handle those privileges? And if, if a child doesn't handle the privileges, well, then you, you have to take those back, right? And so, but the way you grow your children is by giving them responsibility. Galatians 6 says, we are each responsible for our own conduct. My father, I'll never forget when I was really young, and I thought I was way too young, of course, he had me mowing and edging the lawn and doing all this work around the house. I'm just like, I don't want to do any of this, you know, but it was growing me, and I didn't realize it. And I remember the day that I finally figured out, you know, I'm, I'm pretty decent at this now. I bet I can make a little money, and then I asked dad, can I borrow the lawnmower to mow my neighbor's lawn, and then I could actually make some cash, and so, you know, I didn't realize the whole time he has me just mowing the lawn, it's actually developing something I can do to, to earn some money, and I remember eventually I was I think I was 13, my first job, I got on my 10-speed and I rode across town to a guy that went to our church and he let me help out in the office. And so, but those times really grew me. They really developed me. So don't be afraid to give kids some responsibility. They can handle more than they, than they act like they can, I promise you. Even though they roll their eyes and freak out, it's okay. They can do it, I promise. I know, because my kids do the same thing. Do your kids have that little rope in the back of their head? I've always mentioned that, you know, like I say, do this, and they go, and it's like someone yanks the rope, they go, I can't do that. Can you do this for me? <laughs> I just, you know what I'm talking about? A little rope in the back of the head. Yeah, so yeah. Your kids have that too? It's so crazy. I know, they all, they all tend to have that. So yeah. But they can do more than they act like they can do, I promise you. So don't be afraid to give them some responsibility. It really does grow them up into who that they can become. Now, another thing, this is a big one too. Speaking of responsibility, this is a big deal. If they don't do what you ask, then we have to give out some consequences. That's important. It says in Proverbs 13, 24, and by the way, I feel like I messed up on this one. And so I just want to tell you right now as a dad that this is one that I have to really work on. This is hard for me. It says this in Proverbs, if you refuse to discipline your son, it proves you don't love him. For if you love him, you will be prompt to punish him. Now, my boys, if they're here, they'll be like, oh no, dad, you love us. You have no problem loving us. But here's what I learned a long time ago the hard way was that I would not really give adequate consequences for them not doing something I asked them to do 
but I would scream and yell at them. And I realized later on that my words would really hurt them. Dad, you got to realize when you say something to your kids and you're in anger, it's not just you saying something that's a cut down to them. From their perspective, that's their father doing it. You have to understand the weight of that. And so I think my, my wife helped me. She was like, Bill, you realize you're their dad. You can't just flippantly say those things. They remember that differently because it's, it's their dad. And so I, I had to go back and say, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have said those things. I know it was too harsh. So here's what I've learned to do instead is instead of having harsh words, and I'm still working on this, instead of having harsh words, just have consequences. And so because the, the, the consequences is what actually brings change anyways. And so long after whatever, whatever the offense was and the consequence was, they'll still remember the word you said. And so that's why it's so important to remove the words and replace it with real-life consequences. Because isn't that how life is anyways, is real-life consequences happen? I mean, it doesn't matter what I say to the police officer, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They're going to be like, yeah, I know you're sorry, but here's your ticket. Like, I'm not, not going to get out of that, right? That's how that works. I'm not going to be able to tell the tax man, sorry. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work like that. They're going to be like, yeah, that's fine. You owe this money. You know, you're not going to get out of that. And so in the same way, that's how real life is. And so they just have consequences. So if we just get mad and scream and yell and, and throw a fit, but there's no real consequences beyond that, you actually just taught your kid to do it again. And so I want to encourage you to do the exact opposite. Correct with consequences, but without condemning. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Don't keep on scolding and nagging your children, making them angry and resentful. Rather, bring them up with loving discipline, with suggestions and godly advice. And so, you know, it's, I, I love what my wife said on Mother's Day. It's really, really true. Uh, when she figured this out, it was a game changer. She, you know, we, we'd say, hey, do this or do that, and they wouldn't do it. Oh, I'll do it. I'll get to it later, and then they wouldn't get to it. And then, you know, two or three days later, they would ask for some money to go to Whataburger or whatever they wanted to go do. And then, hey, can you run me to the mall, or can you do this? And Jessica would just simply say, well, you know, the other night when I asked you to do that, you didn't help me out. I'm not going to be able to help you out now. And they were like, oh. And so it's, a, but it was really brilliant. And we didn't do it. We weren't setting it up on purpose. We weren't trying to hurt them or anything like that. But we were trying to connect their actions to their consequences. This is one of the reasons why I think this next generation can't understand, why am I not already successful? Because they're not connecting their actions to the results. They have to tie what you sow is what you reap. If they don't connect the dots, they can't understand, why am I not already successful just for showing up? But life doesn't work like that. You have to put in the work and be diligent with something to become successful at it. Does that make sense? And so we have to be the ones as parents to help connect those dots to them. And the only way that works is that their actions have to have actual consequences to them. So I just want to encourage you with that. It says in Ephesians 4, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Again, be very careful. I can slice and dice with my tongue. I know, Dad, you may be like me in that regard. You've got to be really careful what you say. It's a game changer just to control your temper, control what you want to say, and just give consequences instead. And so when I give a consequence, it's not like I'm enjoying it. It's not like, ha, 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 ha. You don't know what I mean. But you do have to give the consequences. Even when you don't want to, you're like, oh, I don't want to do that because they're going to miss out on this or miss out on that. I'm like, but if they never miss out, then they never learn. So it's important that we be okay with that. So correct with consequences without condemning. It's, it, I promise you it's a game changer. And then the last one here, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, says, be kind and loving to each other, forgiving each other just as God forgave you in Christ. And so we have to show kindness to them. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. You always have to hold out hope for your kids. The ultimate picture of hope is my wife 
putting something that, my kid, that belongs to my kids on this stairway. That's the ultimate picture of hope. She actually believes they're going to carry it upstairs. <laughs> How many of you guys know that's never going to happen? You know what I'm talking about? You know, you're like, put the shoes. You put the, anyone else do this? You put the little pile. I'll, I'll put it by the stairs. They'll remember it. And like a month later, there's cobwebs on it. You're like, wow, this is incredible. You know, right? No, but we want to hold out hope with our kids and believe in them. They need to be believed in. Kids want to know that their mom and their dad believe in them. And dad, there's just something, there's a weight you carry. Some of your dads are like, no, I know, I'm fully aware of the weight I carry. <laughs> Not that weight. There's a weight that you carry that is significant. And so I just, I need to tell you something that you may not like this, but here's the truth. Whether you like it or not, it's true. And that is that a lot of times the picture that your children will have of God comes from their picture of you. And so how they see their earthly father and how they experience their earthly father is oftentimes a direct indicator in how they see their heavenly father. And so I want to encourage you to do your best to love them unconditionally. That's the last point today. Is that no matter what happens, they need to know that they have your love, that you still believe in that, you still love them, even when they mess up, even when they do something stupid, even when, even when the whole world seems to be against them, make sure you're not. Make sure that you're communicating that you are for them. And this is something I try to do, and I'm, I'm not the best at it, but I try to, even when I'm mad at them, to say I'm mad for you, not just at you. In other words, like, I'm mad because I know the potential you have and that you didn't live up to what I know you can do. To where I'm showing I still believe in you. That's why I'm angry. It's because I know you're better than this. Does that make sense? So I want to encourage you to continue to believe in your children, even if their actions don't match the values that you're trying to teach them. And so they will come back to, if they know that you believe in them. I know I've shared this story before, but uh, I want to share it again. Years ago, when I was running track in high school, and uh, lesson, when I was running track in high school, I was uh, way smaller than all the other guys on the team. I don't even know how I made the team. I think there was some kind of rule that said you can't cut someone. I think it's the only reason why I was on the team. But anyways, they used to say to me all the time, they say, you're pretty fast for a white boy. I think that was a cut down, but I don't really know. But anyways, but I ran track in Houston. I remember one day uh, my father came to track me. He's in the stands and I, I lined up in, to, to run the race and I looked to my left and my right and there were these like guys that were like giants on either side of me. And I was like, okay. These guys have been shaving since fourth grade. I'm yet to shave. You know, I'm like, this is not going to be good, right? So I line up to run the race, and it's like, I think it was like the 400. So I'm running, I'm coming around, and I'm like, I remember saying in my mind, just go faster, and I couldn't. You know what I mean? Like, my body just wouldn't go any faster. And all the, the runners passed me up. Now, I'm, the, I'm in last place. I'm coming around the bend. I'm so embarrassed. I was so slow, they were setting up for the next race while I came in. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Like, this is very embarrassing. Anyway, so I, I come around, and I finish the race. I'm totally humiliated. I look up in the stands. My dad is in the stands, right? And I'm like, oh, you're going to be kidding me, right? So I go up in the stands to get my dad, and I'm, I'm embarrassed. He thinks I'm going to come sit with him, right? I, go up, I get about three or four uh, stands away from him. I'm like, hey, Dad, let's go. And he's like, what? What are, you, what are you talking about? And he was talking to some people around. I'm like, hey, did you, see, did you see Bill run? He just ran. And I was just like, Dad, can we go? And he was like, yeah, okay, okay. So he gets up and he comes down with me and we get below the, be the bleachers like when there's no students to see me anymore. At this point, I'm like, I gotta go to the locker room and grab my stuff. So I'm practically running now to the locker room. Of course, we know that's not very fast. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, my dad's trying to keep up with me and he says, he says, well, slow down, slow down, slow down. And I'm about halfway to the locker room. At this point, I'm crying. He doesn't see it because he's behind me. He says, well, come here. And he was like, are you, are you crying? It's like, yeah. He goes, why are you crying? I was like, you don't know why, Dad? You just see me just lose miserably? And he was like, you did great. You were trying. I was like, that's the hardest part. I was trying. 
And I'll never forget, he pulled me up close and he said something to me. He said, son, come here. He goes, I'm so proud of you. How could you be proud of me, Dad? I, I, just lo- I just became a loser in front of everyone. He pulled me close and he said, I want to tell you something. He said, you know why I love you? I said, no. So I love you not because you win or lose a race. I love you just because you're my son. I needed that. And I have to tell you, years later, I am a grown Christian man, and I still want my dad's approval. There's something powerful about the father's approval. Dad, you carry a great responsibility, but also a great privilege to tell your kids, I love you just because you're mine. I don't have to have another reason. That's all the reason I need. And that's exactly how your heavenly father feels about you too. Would you bow your heads with me, every head bowed, every eye closed, and we just take a moment to pray today. I just want to encourage you that God loves you. God knows where you're at. He knows what's going on in your life, and he knows even the mess-ups you've made. Even if you feel like you've made yourself a big loser in front of everybody, God says, not to me. Not to me. He says, I love you just because you're my child. Just because you're my son. Just because you're my daughter. That's all the reason I need. So God says about you. He has your picture in his wallet. He is simply crazy about you. He is so crazy about you, he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sins and for mine. Then Jesus rose again from the grave, waiting for you to receive him in your life. You can pray a simple prayer right now. You can pray this prayer with me. If you've never received Christ, you can receive him right now. Just say this prayer out loud. You can just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died from my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes, clo- in your eyes closed, excuse me, across all of our campuses right now, if you just prayed that prayer to receive Christ, would you just lift your hand high? No one's looking around. Just lift your hand high. If you just gave your life to Christ, just lift your hand high. Praise God. There are hands going up all across our campuses right now. Those who are watching online, you can put in the text chat right now. Just say, my hand's raised. If you're at treasurelimited.com, you're watching the live stream, just click hand raised right now. Just let us know. Lift your hand high. No one's looking around. Just lift your hand high. We see those hands right now in Rodfield. Thank you. We see those hands in Stone Oak. Lift your hand high out in Padre right now. Rockport, come on. You just gave your life to Christ. Lift your hand high. Praise God. We see you. Thank you. Thank you for that decision you made to give your life to Christ. Thank you. Put your hands down. With every head bowed and your eye closed. Maybe today is a hard day. I want to encourage you to not limit your view of God to your view of maybe a dad that wasn't so good. Because God is our Heavenly Father. And He has nothing but perfect, unconditional love for you. You are accepted. You are approved. He believes in you. Receive that today. And for those who are here listening to this message, you did not have a dad. A lot of young men think, how could I ever be a father when I didn't have that in my life? I know many amazing dads who did not have a good dad. And what happens is God gives you a determination 
that most don't have to say, I will be a good father. I will be the father I did not have. So I believe you will be an amazing dad. I believe you are an amazing father. And now it's just time that, for that amazing to come out. It's already in you. Just give what you needed, and you will be an amazing father. Thank you for your word today, God. Thank you for the privilege we have to look to our heavenly father, who loved us so much he gave his son the greatest gift of all time. We love you, Lord. And Lord, we want to say to you, God, happy Father's Day. Thank you. We are honored that you are our Heavenly Father. In your name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Did God good? His word is so true.